0: Hi, food friends. Welcome to the Make Food Your Business podcast. I am Allie Montagnan reporting from Hope and Maine, Rhode Island's premier food business incubator. Uh, we're here in Warren, Rhode Island this morning with a really great setup of guests. I will kick it to my counterpart, Caitlin, here, and she'll get us going with the rest. All
1: right. I'm Caitlin Mandel. I am the market manager here at Hope and Maine. And in this podcast, we introduce you to New Englanders who are pioneering a new food landscape with innovative food and beverage products and creating new culinary concepts and challenging the kitchen culture status quo. And this week we have two great um, restaurateurs here with us. We have Sanjeev Dar from Spicecraft and we also have Tony Lopez from Shasti.
0: Thank you guys for joining us this morning. So you two are uh, operate some really well-known restaurants and, and um, eateries in Providence and Rhode Island, frankly. Um, so we wanted to bring you here today because you're also participants in what Hope and Maine calls the Dish Up RI initiative. And so this is a project that we launched uh, really at the start of the pandemic, but as a lot of people in the consumer packaged goods world know, it takes a little while to kind of launch something new if you're gonna do a retail product. Uh, but Hope and wanted to assist local restaurants in producing um, something off of your menu that really represented something that customers really wanted. And we're gonna turn that into a retail product. Um, so as Dish Up RI participants, we wanted to bring you here, but also just to talk about the climate of restaurants in Rhode Island. We know it's a bit um, rocky as of late and maybe opening up, which is really exciting. I heard some news that maybe it's opening up this week. So um, if you guys wanna introduce yourselves, that would be super great. Um, and Tony, we'll start with you. You wanna tell us where you're coming from and tell us a little bit about your restaurant?
2: Sure, um, thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Tony and my wife and I, Ol- uh, Olga, uh, we own Shastia. is a tea room in Providence on Broadway and we've been operating there since 2017 and it's our, actually it's our second location what's
0: a, tell us a little bit about what what you're what you're serving over at Shastia
2: all right so so we're a tea room uh, we specialize in tea but as a food element we also have come has become known for our crepes and we also do but the theme is the tea so everything's tea infused so we have tea inf- tea infused scones tea infused uh, cocktails and we you know and then we do the crepes uh, which is uh, – a nice platform to really be uh, creative with uh, if, if, for those who aren't familiar with crepes it's really like a really thin pancake it's kind of neutral in flavor so we like to bill ourselves as a worldly um, worldly place so that the crepe is perfect platform to or canvas to put a lot of different um, flavors from all over the world and different influences in there and so we've got a, a whole lot of variety in our crepe offering
0: and that's that's the primary offering on your menu as far as food goes yeah yeah so what why crepes that's Uh, unique
2: yeah um crepes well my wife my wife is from russia and crepes actually if oddly enough are really popular there um so they're not just you know french actually they're really popular what's in one form or another all over the world um and so we were just thinking of something to complement the tea uh, and crepe seemed like a, a, a nice enough you know it seemed like a nice complement to it but we're again kind of we're more we have over 50 variety of tea and we blend them all in house yeah. and we're really about the tea um, ritual there and, and enjoying enjoying a moment um, uh, with a cup of tea um, so um, that's it
0: and, and in uh, perhaps earlier times, were you um, offering seats in-house for people and doing service at tables? Or what, what kind of a format is the...
2: Yeah, uh, so prior, before the pandemic, we did more of a European-style cafe. We would do table-side service, but it was a very casual service. It's almost like counter service, but at your table. Sure. Um, and we had, uh, you know, m- we liked to encourage lingering, so it wasn't like your standard restaurant where you're trying to um, really have high turnover and get people, you know, in and out and cram cram as many tables into a space as possible. Our layout was more spread out, more relaxed, more calm, and the idea was that people would come in, order a pot of tea or a coffee, a French press coffee for that matter, or or tea infused cocktail, but the 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 real premise behind it and the, and the kind of philosophy behind it was good things take time, tea takes time, we serve our tea with a timer. Tea takes three minutes to steep. You know, take those three minutes and be mindful, um, and let that moment in between um, bring you to the hair now and, and 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 enjoy that moment. And and and, you know, I, I love coffee. Um, but our society is so go, 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 the next thing, in and out, hustle and bustle. I feel like we have enough caffeine in our life, you know. <laughs> I don't so, know that I do. <laughs> well, you know, so <laughs> tea felt like a, just like a nice, a nice uh, balance to that, to that piece of, of, of life, you know.
1: Yeah, that all sounds pretty magical. <laughs> it really does. That's what I need, more meditation and rest time.
2: Yeah, so we so that's it. People would come in and and still do now. Spend hours there, um, and, and to your to your point to to answer your question. Um, now after the pandemic, we have had to revert to a more counter service. You know, um, uh, counter Counter service, and the lingering has affected us in a, in a sense that. Um, we have less tables even less than we had, and, and we're even more spread out than we were um, and so you know we're appreciative of the the, the people that are supporting us, um, but it's been it's been tricky, um, but we, we haven't been able to really provide that that you know philosophy that we we were um, it's been harder to transmit that message with the current format, but sure, things are changing. so
0: I was going to say I imagine yeah. that's frustrating, but it is nice now that it's warming up, yeah. And- Things in Rhode Island are opening up, and I would I, um, I would love for Sanjeev to introduce his business and himself first before we get too carried into this conversation.
3: No, certainly, uh, it's a it's a great pleasure to be here this morning, and um, I just want to uh, start off by saying that I'm at a point wherein I think my life is coming to a full circle. We uh, run a family business with uh, four different locations, restaurants. Um, and then we also do a lot of catering business. But I grew up in Delhi, India, and the reason I'm saying life is coming to a full circle is because I went to a boarding school which was like an ashram, and uh, there they taught us a lot about integral education, developed us mentally, spiritually, so um, I feel I'm at a point wherein The school taught us that life is all about learning and you keep learning and you never stop. So this experience at uh, Hope and Maine for me after being in Rhode Island and in business for almost 30 years is all about learning. And I think I've learned so much uh, in the past uh, six months, I would say, that I have interacted here with everyone uh, because it's opened doors and to new ideas and I feel that any business in order to survive has to innovate, has to adapt, has to uh, learn quickly on the fly sometimes, especially our business, because our business is all about people and um, the way we run our restaurants is like a family, both me and my wife are constantly worried about how uh, our employees are doing and we don't uh, sort of, uh, stay away from uh, the most important aspect of this business, which is making sure that they're all doing well spiritually, mentally, financially. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, they are the ones who are interacting with most of our guests slash customers. And if they themselves are not happy, how can you expect them to uh, spread happiness? Because uh, I feel, I feel as a business, we are so lucky to be in this business uh, dealing with people who come and celebrate with us or who come and uh, um, uh, want to talk to us. uh, And there are various genres of customers that come through our doors. And when, uh, and you know, I was listening to Tony here and he's so right, um, life is all about uh, living the moment and not worrying about Uh, what's going to happen tomorrow or what has happened in the past because you got to stay in the moment and take the best decisions that you can based on what you have in front of you. So when the pandemic hit us um, we felt uh, very connected to each and every employee. Uh, It was like a a wake-up call for both me and my wife because we've been very fortunate to have people in our organization that I put in on an average, I would say each, so the first location that we've had is Kebab and Curry on Thayer Street. It's been open for almost 30 years and we still have the same uh, chef profile, chefs. I mean, I have two people who have been with me for over uh, 30 years, Um, so. That's incredible, Yeah, incredible. Yeah, so. So what really happens is they're like family, and um, you know, like anyone else, any any human being. We all want to grow, we all want to make more money, we all want to uh, have our kids uh, do better than what we have done. So it's a generational thing. We as immigrants, I mean, when I came to US as a student, and I studied here, and and decided to stay back and migrate. The whole idea was that I'll build a better future for my kids, and um, so you pay a price for that, which is you know, uh, you abandon your parents. Uh, it's very unfortunate, but that's what life is. You know, that's the truth of life. Um, so our extended families, our employees, uh, after kebab and curry. So th- what I'm basically trying to say is is that. When the pandemic hit us, it for us, it was a very, uh, very harsh uh, thing to tell our employees, hey, listen, I don't have much work for you or I'm going to lay you off. And uh, it was, I went to each location. I told them the truth. I told them that, hey, listen, we'll somehow keep the businesses going. We'll work hard. We'll spend money on marketing and try to grow our takeout business so that we can retain uh, as many as possible, so that you don't have to file for unemployment. Um, and there are, and then you know, the criteria was that if you, if you were a family with, uh, you know, kids, uh, we'll give you preference. Uh, and it's, it's very hard. I mean, all I can tell you is, this, uh, I didn't know what I was doing, but uh, the most important thing for me was that if I put my head on the pillow, I should be able to go to sleep. And isn't that the most important thing in life wow that's Uh, incredible so that's how that's how i feel uh, life should be led Um, so those are those are uh, some of the initial thoughts that come to my mind as you asked uh, tony and myself about the situation with pandemic but again you know i was telling tony when we were sitting down i said you know uh, when when push comes to shove you want to do something different and create a new line of product or, or create more opportunities, even if it's, um, uh, and it came in form of a spice mix, because we felt that at that point of time that our restaurants will be closed, uh, our business is gonna drop down drastically, so how can I retain another employee who's been with me for many years? And so the idea of spice mixes came along, and I said, you know, maybe we can give them X dollars an hour and have them roast spices, grind spices, put them in a jar, and maybe there's a way to sell them. And that's how this concept of a spice plant came along. And I'm glad I did it.
0: We are too. And thank you for saying. First of all, that was beautiful. And thank you for articulating all of that so wonderfully. Um, you know, I think of all of our uh, Dish Up participants. Uh, for me personally, I think I'm really excited to see your product because it does seem like there's a lot of heart behind what you're doing, um, which is pretty apparent after hearing all of that. Um, but I also really, I love your restaurants. And I, I was actually telling Tim and Caitlin this earlier. I, whenever I try to attempt Indian food at home, it's the meal that I have at Rasoy every time that I try and replicate, which I've not been successful at. But um, when I heard the spice mix was happening, I was super excited because I thought, okay, great, that's my next step to figuring out the master recipe behind the magic. Um, and I think that's really the, the, the heart of the Dish Up program is um, realizing that there's, it's not restaurants, it's people. It's people behind the restaurants, it's families that are making sacrifices for the loved ones that are working at these restaurants. Um, so finding ways to pivot and survive and be creative and find those additional revenue streams and, and, and work hours for your staff is really, um, it's complicated. And I can't imagine how challenging it was to have to have those conversations with your employees and even just looking at the spaces you've built and having to rearrange them in these weird configurations. And um, anyway, I, I admire so much that you guys have been able to really just grind it out and, and make this happen. Um, and so I, I guess I'll quickly pivot back. So Tony, you're doing a line of teas, Yes. With the Shastia brand. Correct. Okay. What um What really stirred up the these particular blends, like how are you coming out of the gate with these? Why these blends?
2: So, um, it was interesting because we had we had just before the pandemic started pivoting <laughs> to diversify into uh, a retail product and uh, build a, also a, a stronger online presence and, and, and an e-commerce model. So we had just before it kind of started developing, um, that 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 operation piece of it. Um, so when dish up popped up or the opportunity for it, um, we had already developed a bunch of uh, blends that we were wanted to bring to the market, um, built on teas or or things that we already sold in shop that had uh, been popular with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we picked five of our most popular blends that we felt uh, really conveyed who we, who we are you know, philosophically and, and who we are as a brand. Um, so uh, for instance, uh, one of our teas is called Here and Now, and it kind of brings us back to our whole philosophy of being here and now when you drink um, you know, anything, but we use tea as, as the tool. But it really, it's the philosophy that you can apply to anything in your life. Um, uh, then um, another one we have is Awaken. So it's for coffee lovers. It, it's a blend of oolong tea and coffee. It's got vanilla flavors in it. It's got a green hojicha, um, green hojicha twig. So it's it's the actual stems of the tea that's roasted. Um, and it just brings a very, like uh, I think, satisfying um, richness that, that coffee people would really enjoy, and it's called Awaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Amore tea is a white tea, so we bring in Amore. It's, it's just a white tea that's very floral, very fragrant. All, all these are blended in-house. And then f- to throw in a classic, we, uh, we picked an Earl Grey creme, which we do our own take on. Um, I mean, Earl Grey and vanilla, which isn't anything crazy, but we also add, like, oats to it, and it just brings out, you know, that starchiness from the oats just incorporates the, uh, it just incorporates the water and gives you a extra creaminess, a little more thick and thickness and body. And then the last thing I'll say is, um, about it is it's all loose leaf tea. So even the most expensive teas in the tea aisle, you go, if you were to open up a tea bag, it's literally just powder. It's the dustings of everything that's left over. Um, package it up and branded, nice nice um, our tea is going to be it's it's loose in the, in the tin so when you open it it's visually pleasing as much as it tastes great and smells great you know um, and then the, the the ritual in it is that you get to scoop you know that tea that amount you like put it in a bag which we also provide and um it just builds the it builds the moment you know and makes every it makes it feel more special in, in in you know um in our opinion and i feel like across the board the more you can build those moments you know life is an, a culmination of moments so the more special you make every little moment you've made every your whole life special it be at work drinking a cup of tea a cup of wine making a meal you know you could take shortcuts you can make it fast but where's the fun and the depth in that? Um, so we really wanted to bring that over to our product and translate it that way so uh, it was a struggle because there are much cheaper ways to do it and just grind it all throw in a bag patch it so now we'd had to take extra steps to uh, you know isolate tea from the from the filters and seal it and, and shuffle it but I felt and and you know obviously that cuts into, your margins, but, um,
1: sorry, That's uh, the wondering what in that is. Yeah,
2: just an old <laughs>
0: school building doing its thing.
1: <laughs> there might be some bank, um, bakers pounding dough in a little bit too. Yeah,
0: sorry. I we thought should it was, have I done thought done it it was the cable. that <laughs> just, no, nothing's wrong.
2: Nah. but
1: Totally that, normal. That all sounds incredible. And that completely explains what we were going to ask is how you, how you translate that incredible experience you've built in your in-person cafe to somebody at home. I mean, you just, laid it all out there, it's, it's perfect, it's beautiful, and I think people will appreciate that, even if it's a little bit higher price point because you're building this beautiful moment in their day.
0: Yeah, I think that, so um, just the, the thoughtfulness behind the packaging I think is a really important note that uh, a lot of local food brands, I mean, we painstakingly witness it every single day around here, just the thought people put into what color lid should I have? How should the box open? Should it be wider or taller? Um, you know, what do you include with the packaging? I took that note right away with you, including the tea bag. I can't explain how many times I've gotten loose leaf tea and then I get it home and I realize like, oh, I forgot to get the extra bags for it or hmm. Um, I have one of those. It's like a little narwhal that sits on my my teacup, but the holes are big, yes. so a lot of times like the smaller particles will go through, and it's very frustrating. So I love that you've like thought that through.
2: Yeah. Well, we wanted to make it as easy and effortless, because um, again, it kind of goes counter to what I was just saying. But at the same time, you got to meet a, a middle road. You know, people. Yeah, it's poetic and it sounds great, but on a Monday morning when you're trying to drive to work, you know you don't want to be that's fair bustling around <laughs> too much so but it is it's easy the bags are right there you can you know if you like it stronger a little lighter and we tried to simplify it as much as possible so it didn't feel like a chore and you could have your uh, cake and eat it too i guess yes. <laughs> so, as much as possible with the tea it's all give and take <laughs> i guess
0: that's great yeah. and sanjeev i know um, so the Spicecraft craft brand will be what your product line will be um, but would you quickly just uh, name off the restaurants that people might be familiar with that you are behind?
3: Yes, um, so uh, four locations, um, Kebab and Curry, uh, which is in Providence on Thayer Street, uh, Rasoi, which is in, on East Avenue in Pawtucket, and then Rasa, which is on Main Street in East Greenwich, and Chaska, which is uh, in the Garden City Center in Cranston.
0: Beautiful. And so why did you, um, I'm curious, actually, this might be a long question, but so you have four separate restaurants with four separate names and now a food brand with four separate names. I'm curious why you chose that. Um, just because in this industry, people naming their businesses is a really personal thing. And I'm just curious about what your thought process is.
3: Yeah, no, uh, that's a good question. I get that asked a lot of times. Uh, so the restaurants are named differently because um, Kebab and Curry was um, conceptualized, uh, actually it was a running business and I bought the business from someone who could not run it efficiently. Mm-hmm. And I think I made the mistake of not changing the name oh. <laughs> um, because it was very hard to get the business going. It was every business, if you buy something, then it comes along with good and bad. Sure. Um, but it took us, a, I would say, a little extra time to build that business. But it appeals to uh, the Brown University students and uh, over the years we've sort of uh, pivoted towards street food and fast food and it's kind of, uh, uh, from a price perspective also, it's based on the market conditions around us. Uh, Rasoi uh is about 15 or 16 years old i'm not 100 percent sure my wife has a better idea because her memory is much better than mine i'm kind of i don't even remember what i did yesterday <laughs> honestly speaking uh, but um, uh, when we ventured into Rasoi, uh, it was based on regional cuisines of india and uh, we wanted to Do South Indian food, North Indian food, and in fact Rasoi was the very first Indian restaurant in the state of Rhode Island to uh, Start serving South Indian food, which is very different from North Indian food.
0: How would you describe that difference for someone who's unfamiliar?
3: So so if you look at the map of India uh, The southern states are in the coastal areas So whatever is available there is what is used in cooking so you know coconut and uh, tamarind and oh, okay. uh, mustard seeds and curry leaves those are what are used in the sauces and the masalas that we make so the dosas and the idlis uh, very vegetarian vegan oriented stuff mm-hmm. and then the rasa uh, was a step up from rasoi because now we decided to uh, innovate the food a little bit rasa means essence oh, okay um, and we said to ourselves, okay, how do we create a different experience for, uh, for people who actually love our food at Kebab and Curry and rasoi, but m- would like to go to this location because maybe instead of once a week, they want to eat Indian food thrice a week. I don't so, see why not. So <laughs> and there are only so many slices that you can cut out of a pizza. So sure. we wanted to <laughs> diversify a little bit within Indian cuisine, and we thought we had the capability of... putting something on a plate that was uh, tasting a bit different from other locations and We never wanted to be like a chain wherein, you know You cook everything in a commissary and then you ship it to different locations Mm -hmm. And then all you do is just reheat and serve. We wanted everything to be very original Um, So the chefs and let me uh, let me um, also add here is is what happens is is that we are a cuisine of spices and uh, the way you handle spices uh, can be sometimes very challenging, but it's also an art. So uh, just to give you a small example, and I'm not trying to sell the spice mix here, but-
0: <laughs> Why not? Well, I mean, uh, you are. Yeah, <laughs> you should
3: be, because they're amazing. In a way. It'll sell
0: itself, in I'm sure. Yeah.
3: But you know, if you look at our cuisine, when we say it's a cuisine of spices, so you, you basically, uh, categorize them as uh, fragrant, uh, robust, and peppery. Those would be three of my ways to describe the spices. Mm-hmm. So when when you're adding 15, 16 different kinds of spices and herbs to a dish, things can change. I mean, just because uh, of the temperature of the oil or the way you ground the spices, if you dry grind them or the way you roast them. so each restaurant in its own does things very differently. And uh, then we decided to put Chaska, which is our fourth location, uh, which is um, sort of a modern um, spin on Indian cuisine because we said to ourselves, okay, what do you what do people like? Uh, well, you know, they like tacos, they like flatbreads. And I said, all right, uh, both me and my wife, we decided to, venture into uh, this new location and work on a menu. And the idea was, okay, let's give it an Indian spin. So we, what we did was, uh, you like chicken tikka masala, so let's make a flatbread and put chicken tikka masala on top of it.
0: Oh, I would love so,
3: that. <laughs> so, so, so you grill the chicken, and then you put the masala sauce on top, and there's cheese, and and people love that kind of stuff. Tacos, we said, okay. Uh, you know we'll put all the ingredients of the tacos uh, that go in there but instead of a taco let's do it in a chapati it's a wheat flour bread and then uh, we make small breads and then we and for the protein you know we marinate the protein and then we cook it in a clay oven and then put that in the taco Mm -hmm. instead of frying or instead of and I'm not trying to uh, put any cuisine down because I think people don't realize but uh, Cumin, uh, coriander, turmeric, uh, red chili powder, all of these spices, they're, they're uh, used in pretty much all world cuisines now. I mean, it's like, a, uh, I think uh, Mexican cuisine uses a lot of cumin, for example. In fact, they were the first ones to use, and Indian cuisine adapted it later. Oh, wow. So what, what we have to understand is it brings people together, the spices, because... Spices is all about flavors. So when the concept of the spice blend came into fruition, we said, okay, we'll put, we'll make a convenience jar wherein we will roast the spices and then we'll blend them together Mm -hmm. so that if I'm in my kitchen and I want to cook, I feel like cooking and uh, uh, serving something, which is my creation, you take uh, the guesswork of how much spice to add of 14. I mean, it's like guessing there are 14 different things that are going in there. And if you read a recipe, it says quarter of a teaspoon of this, if you're cooking for four and half a teaspoon of this and so on and so forth, why not put everything together and then just create one blend initially and see if the blend has legs. Yeah. If it has legs, then we'll come up with different blends.
1: I think that's perfect. I love Indian food, but when I cook it at home, I'm using air quotes here. Is I get a jar of meal mantra and I put it over rice, yeah, <laughs> and chickpeas. Because I, I am intimidated by coming up with the spice blend, and I love that you have it in a jar that's going to stay fresh. Because I've bought in, I've, excuse me, I've bought Indian spices before and never mixed them, and they kind of sat on the shelves for a long time. And then I was like, well, that can't be fresh anymore. So, yeah. I think I would love your spice blends, I think is perfect.
0: I think that was one of the things that intimidated me the most about attempting to cook Indian food at home was I'd watch cooking shows or I'd read books and see how you know the art form of blending these spices really was the core of why the food was great and so I was so intimidated to just buy like a jar off the shelf at my local grocery store because I thought this could not possibly be as good as you know a home style meal so um, I think that for people who are interested in Indian cuisine, um, this is an excellent first step into your kitchen. To
3: yes. Thank you. I mean, uh, basically our, uh, our focus is to make it very convenient for someone to cook Indian food at home. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is that I've been fighting for the past 30 years is because, you know, I've had the, um, I've had the fortune of, uh, studying in a, in a culinary school in Europe. So, uh, so to me, uh, food is, uh, food is uh, a lot of passion goes into making anything. So in our, in our case, when we ventured into spice mixes, we wanted it to be fresh and we wanted to dry roast the spices first because I think the spices have a very unique and different flavor if you dry roast the spices. Um, and each spice has its own characteristics. So if you dry them separately and then mix them, I think the flavors are very intense. And then put them in a tight jar. But what I want people to know that, and that's what I was trying to tell you earlier, is for the past 30 years, I want people to know that Indian cuisine is not about curry powders. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Let's say something. that again. <laughs> Indian cuisine is not about curry powders. <laughs> I love it. Indian cuisine is about making sauces with robust spices. Fragrant spices, I love it. peppery spices, and everything can be adjusted based on your flavor profile.
0: It's a beautiful cuisine. I have to say, I, I don't know enough about it, but uh, this conversation is definitely encouraging me to do a little more research.
2: <laughs> well, and I'm thinking like a big, huge piece of value that you're bringing too is balancing all those flavors comes with so many logged hours and fine tuning of the palate. Oh yeah. Yes. That o- over time and adjusting adjust and you as your palate just like so it's almost like when someone's distilling, a, you know, blending a whiskey or, uh, or something really complex or these or you know a, a coffee blend. Yeah. I mean, you're getting someone who's you, you're getting all that knowledge in a jar, all that all those hours, all that tastes experience um, which is I think really cool. Yeah.
3: That's very well said, Tony. I wish you were selling my spice mix. I <laughs> think you're doing a much better job than I am so far. That's, that's, and and I, think, I think tea and spices
2: mm-hmm.
3: are perfect together because I feel, for example, in our own restaurants, we push tea quite a bit. In fact, after this, I'm going to sit down with Tony and find out how we can bring in his over to all of our locations.
0: Oh, I love this! Well, because I get excited did when that this just happened this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Seven <laughs> right now. Yeah,
3: that is the magic. There's nothing like being having a local tea blender, and then we can you know push that in all of our locations because I I feel that uh, tea is just a perfect uh, sort of accompaniment to Indian food. I really do.
0: I agree, and yeah. I think that's. It seems like you have very similar philosophies, culinarily. Is that a word, culinarily? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that's a really nice match. I didn't anticipate this before we started, but I'm very glad to hear it. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. Well, and I agree. Uh, they are similar and I got excited when he started talking about spices being from all around the world, um, because they are and people automatically peg certain things to certain areas. Like, mm-hmm. but, um, we, another way we like to build ourselves is a worldly place and thinking that we're getting teas and herbs from all around the world, you know, we're, showcasing all these different cultures and regions of the globe have to offer and, and blending them together for everyone to taste and try and you know the spices i, I could re- really relate to what you're saying with the spices. yeah
3: it's like for example in ayurvedic cuisine they say uh, for example uh, you are what you put inside your body mm-hmm. and uh, uh there are different, so Vata, Pitta, and Kappa are three, I'm sure, you know, those who are into yoga and all that stuff, they understand that concept of Ayurveda, and they say that, you know, based on a questionnaire, you can actually figure out, or your personality, you figure out, okay, what do you need more inside your body? Because you want to balance these doshas. Mm -hmm. All three are the doshas. That's what your, you know, inner uh, body is made of. Mm So for example, um, if your uh, vata is higher, for example, then you want to balance it and bring it down. So you eat certain kinds of foods to balance all three doshas, so that you are a balanced person. And I think uh, uh, that balance in life uh, comes, in my opinion, uh, comes through food, what you eat. And uh, if, for example, I know people who say that if I have two cups of coffee, then I'm running around like a crazy guy. And I can have four cups of coffee, and nothing happens to me. I'm always balanced. So maybe what coffee does to me is very different from what a what a cup of coffee does to somebody else. So that's, we're all very different in our um, work life or in our private lives, but at the same time, we're all human beings and we need to love each other
0: so well put this is and this is very interesting our our founder lisa actually is the first person to teach me about ayurveda but it was such a fascinating concept when i first learned it and i fully admit i don't practice it much but it made me so much more conscious of what i was eating just to to think about um so if anyone out there is curious about it look it up it's uh I'm not going to pretend I can spell it off the top of my head here, but Ayurveda is a really ancient practice of uh, medicine, really. Medicine through food.
3: Yeah.
0: Exactly. I love that it it aims
1: to treat the whole person. It's a balance. It's a wholeness. And like you said, it's customized to every person. So it's, yeah. it's tools to help you get there, which is a beautiful
0: thing. And... Um, a little bit random, but we never actually went over what Shastia means. And so I'm just realizing this as I'm going through my notes over here. Uh, I feel like it's fitting for this point in the conversation.
2: Yeah, so um, Shastia, basic, uh, most simply just means uh, happiness. Um, The way we, so a little bit of the backstory to that is um, I grew up in Mexico I was born there and raised there, and my friends and I, our mantra was always alegría. Uh, we would toast to alegría. Bad day? Don't worry, alegría. It's all good. Alegría means kind of it's happiness or lightheartedness. So, I met my wife, um, and she's from Russia, and we had been struggling around with different names for our concept, um, and everything. We hated everything. Everything was really corny and tacky. And then, um, one day I asked her how to say in Russian. And, um, I did mention she's from Russia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and the, and it's called Chastia. Um, and so I asked her to spell it phonetically and it it wasn't Shasti as, as we spell it out, but it kind of clicked right in that moment that we would just call it happiness in our own language. Um, so it's, it's, it's inspired by a, a Mexican word for happiness and the Russian word for happiness. Um, and the, that. the armado uh, is just to share, share Shastia. So now you can take Shastia home. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: So yeah, so on that note, so um, on May 21st at Dave's Fresh Marketplace, um, all over Rhode Island. Uh, shoppers who love local food can go to Dave's and find us there. We're going to be at the East Greenwich store in the morning doing a bit of a presentation with some pretty cool VIPs. Um, but the more important thing is that uh, products like the Shastia tea blends and the Spice Craft uh, curry blend mix will be available um, on those shelves. And so there's a whole List of other really great restaurants that are participating. Um, if you go to Hope and Main's website, you're going to go to hopeandmain.org/dishupri, and you'll see the the all the businesses represented there. We have a really cool video. Actually, we have a lot of cool videos um, for a lot of those companies. Um, and so, I know that retail uh, is not your your core business, but I'm excited that this is uh, an additional revenue stream for your businesses. But on that note now that um, you've got these products launching, and Rhode Island is now allowing more full capacity or fuller capacity in restaurants, what does the, the near future hold for your restaurants? Um, and what do you think is um, maybe changed forever? I don't know, it's kind of a big question, but.
3: <laughs> All right, so it's a very tough question to answer, uh, especially when I personally like to live in the moment. Um, But you have to be prepared for all eventualities. Um, Our business is all about, restaurant business is all about controlling your prime costs. And uh, if you were to ask me this question six months ago, I would say fine dining is dead, Uh, it's uh, gonna be counter service from now on and uh, we have to make sure that you, know, you control your costs because, um, because um, it's very hard to make money in the restaurant business. Uh, now, I can't say that anymore because I think things are opening up and you see what's going around you. People are coming over and, and enjoying themselves in the restaurant, but now my fear is inflation. I think uh, the prices of products are going to creep up. It's hard to find people who want to work. Uh, So the labor cost is going to go up. So we as a a restaurant business are going to struggle all the time. Uh, But one has to have faith in their concepts and make sure that we watch our numbers on a weekly basis, that we keep an eye on things, and then we also make sure that we have productivity from everybody, look after them, pay them well, uh, make them a part of your culture, your uh, profitability if possible, so that they feel connected to your business. Um, But I'm telling you, it's it's very hard, I, I really don't know how to answer this question i really i wish i had a i had some sort of a um, magic wand and 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 i could answer that question truthfully but after being in the business for 30 years all i can say is, is it's going to be hard to be profitable in this business so just stay focused and make sure that you keep an eye on your cost that's it
0: well, that's wise i mean it does come down to the numbers do you do you have um, short term plans for your restaurants? Or is or is um, are you welcoming guests indoors and outdoors? And yeah. obviously, you're taking catering gigs too.
3: Yes, 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 yes. So we're doing all of the above. Uh, we had a very robust takeout business during the pandemic, uh, and we you know hopefully we're in the last phase of that. But throughout, I cannot thank our customers enough. I mean. And, we got such support from our local uh, market base that I can't even tell you. I mean, we were able to keep our doors open, even with 25% dining. Um, we The takeout business helped us to sustain and survive. We were then, uh, you know, through the these different phases, now that uh, you're allowed to seat people three feet apart, uh, we feel that Uh, the restaurant is doing uh, well with in-room dining. People have started coming out and and enjoying themselves. But but at the same time, I feel that we have to be very mindful of each other. I mean, look what is happening in India, for example. There's a huge uh, second wave. People are, and I was in India, by the way, in first week of March, oh, so yeah. I I saw it myself because people were not uh, wearing masks and, and they were not socially distancing themselves and it seemed as if everything was normal and I and both me and my wife were wearing double masks and washing our hands and creating <laughs> and always <laughs> carrying sanitizer bottles in our, uh, and we never went out and met people that we didn't know of so in, un- in other words, in fact, we never left the house, I think maybe once or twice. So but we had gone just to be with our parents because they're both elderly. Uh, so we have to be very careful, we have to be very mindful, even in our restaurants, I think it's our job to make sure that we sanitize effectively, that we look after the health of our staff, make sure that we whatever was taught to us by CDC or the Ryan Department of Health, that we actually execute and implement all those rules. All those things are important. We Absolutely. have to take care of each other.
0: Absolutely. And so Tony, what is what is the future for Shastia here? Um,
2: that's a tricky question, I don't know. Um, I mean, we're gonna keep going as as we've been doing. Um, we'll probably stick with our current format for the foreseeable future. Um,
0: with limited capacity?
2: No, I mean, we, we stayed open for dining through the, throughout the whole thing, um, you know, obviously following all all the regulations and all that, but sure. um, uh, but yeah, hiring hiring has been difficult. Um, I don't know. Providence in particular, I feel like people have uh, wanted to, in a sense, stay away from from, from Providence, and, and maybe support their more immediate community, which is understandable. Uh, nonetheless we're in Providence so it's been it's been us it's been slower in Providence but um so we've 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 scaled back our menu by like you know 60 70 percent wow. um, just our offerings um, and we're doing counter service uh, it's been a little tricky to find staff uh, or at least people who want to work and um, so so our format has to be very scaled down uh, Otherwise, things would would be going bad, or we wouldn't be able to fulfill a full menu that we had before. Sure. Um, and and it's it's a balancing act because a lot of people that are starting to come out now, where's where's why are you doing this differently, or where's the old you know do you have this on the menu, or uh. why aren't you doing this anymore? And you know we've had to be creative and and adjust things. And we're also getting a lot of new customers who are who are liking things the way they are. So it's just a balancing act um, right now, and how long that that'll go on, and how that'll change us for for the long term, is still unclear um, to us at least. Um, but you know, we're we're optimistic, and I'm sure we'll we'll come up we'll come out better on the other side for sure. Uh, generally speaking, how it's going to change the restaurant. Uh, I really have nothing to add to.
1: Well, I really admire the way you both have just read this crazy circumstance and not know the future and just kind of taken a look at your individual businesses and adjusted things on the fly. I mean, that is just mind blowing to me. And it's it's been that way with all the entrepreneurs we've interviewed about the pandemic, but it's just really a huge accomplishment <laughs> to keep your business going it first is. of all, but also keep it going with that original intention um, it's just an incredible feat, so.
0: I think it's, it just says a lot about the the grit and the heart of entrepreneurs, especially small business owners. Like, you have to love what you do, and it's very apparent. I mean, clearly just in this conversation alone, um, but the fact that you've just been so willing and open to listen to customers and um, you know stick to your principles, which is really important.
3: I do want to add one more thing here. Yeah. I think uh, both Tony and I were talking about it, and since, um, i've had the i'm i'm able to talk to so many people across uh, different nations i think it's just a very proud moment for our country i mean i, I mean i can't say enough and i have i migrated um, about 30 years 31 years ago it is the kind of uh, help that the the government and the state i mean the the what Washington DC has done for us and Mm -hmm. the state government has done for us to help us survive. Because I think if that help did not come on time, I'm not sure if any of, at least my restaurants, would have survived. And it trickles down uh, to each and every customer that ordered a takeout uh, from us, Mm -hmm. because, uh, the other nations, the people or the businesses in the other nations are not that lucky. I mean, I, I speak to a lot of uh, friends who are in Europe and, and in India. There's no help, you're on your own. Here, it's absolutely commendable. What a what a proud moment for for our country. It's just unbelievable the kind of help and resources that were handed over to us as entrepreneurs and as small businesses. I mean, I I just feel that going forward One thing that i would definitely like to do for through all of my uh, businesses is to to help our community in every way possible
0: that's wonderful it's absolutely true and um it is yeah i think that one of my favorite things about this experience and as micro as it is um compared to what you were just saying that the dish up community even just this introducing entrepreneurs that maybe never knew each other before. I mean, you guys guys are both Providence restaurateurs that never had met. Um, And so to be able to make those connections and realize that we have this strength as a community, as a restaurant community, as a food community, um, and even as Rhode Island in the community. So I think that's really special. And thank you for saying all that. Um, I do want to take a moment to um, shout out the partners and the the help that Hope and Maine had in bringing all of your retail products to market. So first and foremost, Rhode Island Commerce, funded a great deal of this program. So they were able to um, grant us some funding that was able to really get you guys your your graphic design and these really great videos and um, all of the technical expertise that we really needed to get you guys to pivot from a restaurant mindset to a retail mindset. Um, And so also thank you to Rhode Island Hospitality Association, um, our good friends at Dave's Fresh Marketplace, Steer Films, Be More Interpreting, Polaris MEP, firebox creative, and of course, what's good.
1: Um, And Sanjeev, I can't let you go without asking more about how you take care of your employees. Um, You describe the philosophy and all that you do. You make them feel welcome. You give them an an eye into where you're going with your business, and I just really commend you, but if you could provide some tips into other business owners, restaurant owners in particular, because there's this huge conversation going on in our country about people don't wanna go back to work at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's about them being paid more in unemployment a lot of the times, but Allie and I have talked so much about how that's not the whole picture. The whole picture is these people are usually not paid well enough to sustain themselves and especially put themselves in harm's way as they've been asked to do this whole pandemic. Um, so if you could share maybe your top three tips for other restaurant owners for, you know, to how to do what you've done to help them um, to have a more welcoming and safe environment.
3: Yeah, no, I'd be happy to. So I think uh, it starts from the top. So first of all, your restaurants are not your so-called um, uh, places wherein you can go in and take out whatever you feel like and go and go to a casino and, and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, you as a, uh, in my opinion, as a business owner, you have to yourself first live, I would say, a middle class life. Because uh, when your expenses, your personal expenses are very high, uh, you can't do much for your staff because that's where you're making money from, your profitability from restaurants. Uh, We, we don't have a corporate structure. In other words, uh, between me and my wife, we are the CFO, the marketing, uh, director of marketing. We are everything. So we've kept, we both of us work very hard. Uh, as a result of that, we don't have a lot of extra expenses uh, that you would end up paying in form of salaries and all to people for professional help. But with employees, I'll, all I'll say is a is couple of things. One is uh, direct communication. So in other words, um, uh, I make it a point of sitting down with everybody on a very regular basis from the dishwasher up. Uh, and I'll ask them about everything and anything that is going on in their lives. Uh, that's where most of my time is spent. And I feel if they give me a hint of uh anything that is disturbing them then we will do everything possible within our means to help them out so for example uh, there's nothing like okay these many sick leaves after this we're not gonna pay you there's nothing of that sort uh i don't think i mean i i'm not boasting but i'm not sure uh when was the last time we actually cut somebody's uh, paycheck just because they did not show up for work b- for one reason or the other, wow. and mostly it has to do with you know child being sick or um, they have some personal errands that they want to run. So I'm a big believer in capitalism. I mean I'm not talking about you know socialism here or communism here, but compassion i mean compassionate capitalism because i think oh, I like uh, that yeah that's
1: a good <laughs> one. yeah because
3: i think that's the most Im- th- in, in my opinion that's the best way to run a business uh, have some heart uh, are people going to take advantage of it absolutely i mean uh, everybody is very different They're, everyone is built differently so but at the same time you never uh, uh, dither from the culture that you've built, and that's the culture that we have had. For 30 years it has worked, and a lot of people have taken advantage of it, and and have uh, short-circuited the culture, but uh, I'm not afraid of uh, defending the culture at any moment. Uh, So just have a heart, talk to them, uh, uh, listen to what their short-term goals are, what their medium-term goals are, all of us want to build a better life for our kids and have a family and own a nice car and a and, and a home and so this thing of you know the 15-hour debate and uh, you know why does it have to happen? I mean, it should not. Uh, we as um, restaurant operators uh, must make sure that that is not a part of their discussion because everybody is being paid a wage wherein they are happy uh, living their dreams. But I do understand that if I'm a student and this is a part-time gig and I'm saving for college, it's very different from someone who actually has a family and is paying rent or wants to save money. So for that, that's where communication comes into play. You've got to talk to people and it should be you should be accessible. I never close the door of, uh, my uh, my office, for example, it's always open. Anybody can walk in and talk to me, and I visit all the restaurants for that matter. That culture is trickled down. Everybody who is now working for us as a team, our manager, they, they know that. That's how we run an operation. So everybody's happiness comes first. Rest comes later.
1: Thank I you. hope I,
3: I'm sorry I spoke a bit more than usual but
1: no, no. I think oh, we all no. need more but, uh, I mean communication especially uh, it's so easy to think you're doing it enough and not realize but everything you've said about how you take care of your the culture at work and the employees at work I think is so important for for all of us to hear I think it's great so we always end with a question but I kind of want to adapt it this week go for it um we always ask everybody the same a a silly question at the end, but I was wondering if you could explain, um, Tony, we could start with you, your favorite way to enjoy tea or your favorite tea moment that you might have each day or even your favorite tea flavor crepe combo, which I'm really curious about.
2: (laughs) Um, So my favorite way to drink tea, I actually, like, so we have a Shastia teapot um, and it's a transparent glass teapot with a comes with a filter and um, typically that's how you drink tea either through a filter bag or, or, or a metal filter or whatever this filter is integrated but my favorite way to drink tea is to actually to remove the filter altogether and throw the tea leaves in the pot and steep it um, and some teas are rolled and some are um, bloom and and different things and I really like to just watch the tea do its thing in the water even if I'm picking through the tea leaves out of my teeth as I'm drinking it um it just it 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 uh it just makes the experience a little more a, a little more fun for me um so that's how I like to enjoy my tea I
1: love that I get that it sounds really nice
0: my my good friend and uh, owner operator of Ceremony, Michelle Chang, told me one time that that's Grandpa style. Okay. Uh-huh. So I like that. That's what I do too. I like the just the leaves in my cup. Honestly, I yeah. don't mind it at all.
2: And it oversteeps, but I don't I don't care. I like oversteeped tea. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love that. Sanjeev,
1: what about you? How do Same you...
3: question. Yeah. So my I think uh, I love lentils. Uh, I really do. Um, and the reason being. You know they have the nutritional value that you're looking for uh in your food component what goes what should actually go in your body uh and uh every lentil has its own characteristics i love the fact that they are they're different colors they're they cook at different (laughs) uh, temperatures or i mean extended time um uh, i love the fact that uh, if you give it a tempering of cumin seeds or extra garlic, uh, everything changes. Um, you can have one lentil, uh, uh, a different lentil every day, for example, and the flavor profile will change and, and the texture will change. You can have it with rice, you can have it with bread, you can have it uh, cold, if you want it, over, uh, over a salad. Uh, no dressing required. Uh, you can have it um, as a soup. You can have, so I I love the fact that lentils can be uh, a source of protein. They are inexpensive. Uh, they have all the caloric value that you're looking for. And of course the taste.
0: Yes. Yeah.
3: So those are yes th- all lentils as <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm totally, I wonder if your next restaurant concept could just be lentil based.
3: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I would love
0: that. Yeah, that's we
3: need we need uh, uh, some somebody to fund the concepts because I'm done. I'm done <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, four is enough. Okay, I, mean, I, I really I I think it's a it's a huge responsibility, and uh, I'm at the, as I as I said to you earlier, you know, life is coming to a full circle, and I think uh, what this now the. Now I would like to sort of do better for the entire team that has been with me and like to them to grow. So if any one of them is interested in doing something, I would love to be a consultant or a- oh,
0: fantastic.
3: Or a emotional or a spiritual partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we would
0: love to help them also. Tell them yeah. to come hang out with the Hope and Main folks. No, we'll, absolutely. We'll set yeah, them absolutely. right it's up. such a
3: great <laughs> place to learn, yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. I think that's, I mean, that's going to be our our ending moment. Then I think I really appreciate you guys being here with us this morning. I got so much out of this conversation. I'm really, really, really excited that we get to work with you. This is a new thing for Hope in Maine. So it's been really fun to kind of tap into a a world in the food industry that we haven't really gotten into yet. So thank you for giving us a chance to help you do this very big project. I know it's a lot, um, but we're really excited and we're proud to know you.